Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. Good morning, church. It is such a joy to be with you this morning um, and to be finishing off our Exploring Church Foundations series. We have been taking the book of Acts and we have been going through it and looking at the early church and some of the key foundations that they um, embraced. Um, And actually the final subject, so we had a study guide that we kind of um, used. Acts is an incredible book. There is so much to kind of teach from it. So to give us a bit of a structure, we used this um, study guide loosely to give us some subjects to look at. And the last of which is, um, is, is, is Disciple. And uh, for those of you who are unaware, our previous Exploring Church series was on discipleship. And so when I gave myself uh, this subject, because I, I, I do the rotor, I was a little like, oh, we've already kind of talked about discipleship. What more is there to say? But, you know, I think the thing that we didn't particularly perhaps look at um, in much detail or maybe even at all was the call on each and every one of us to disciple. Let me read you this from Matthew. Then Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The final words Jesus says before he ascends back to heaven. The final things and I think for too long we've misunderstood these words and heard the word evangelism um, instead of make disciples. I think we hear go out therefore, run out into the streets, grab people, hold them still until they give their lives to Jesus and then then move on to the next person. (laughs) This might be, you know, an extreme interpretation, but I think we've, we've misunderstood and when we hear the term make disciples, what we think is we need to all go out and be evangelists. And so when we rightly say that all authority on heaven and earth was given to Jesus and that he's passed the baton onto us, what I think we hear is something different, but what we need to hear is make disciples. It isn't purely about converting the, the, those who yet know Jesus. It's about making disciples. It's about growing others in faith. You see, the call and the authority is on all of us. It's not for all the one or two. It's for all of us to make disciples. And so I want to read to you from Acts 16 because I think it helps to see a clearer picture. Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived there in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in number. What we see here so clearly in action is the call to make disciples, not as in an evangelism context, but in a discipleship context. It's really important that we see that Timothy, he's already a disciple of Jesus. He's already converted. In fact, he's not, he's not like a newbie Christian. He's well-renowned in the area and well-thought-of. And Paul sees something in him. 
Paul sees something and decides to pour into it. He decides to disciple Timothy further. And, and there is such a great example of that call to make all disciples not just being about those who yet know Jesus, but also being about those who do know Jesus, still need discipling. We don't become Christians. We don't give our lives to Jesus and then the process stops. We are all going from glory to glory, discipling, embracing. And we need others to help us along that journey. They're a great example of, of finding a pool from you, whom you can learn from and a Timothy on whom you can pass on to. You see, we were all made not just to be passed on to. We were all made to receive, to, to understand, to, to, to be taught. But we were also all made to pass it on, all of us. You see, we never stop learning and we never stop sharing. We never stop sharing what God has done in our lives. And I believe God today wants to shift our culture and our mindset that too long we've left it to the one or the two. Leave it to someone else to do. If, you know, <laughs> so the amount of calls I've had because I work full-time for a church, the amount of calls I've had to be like, I've met this person and um, you should meet up with them to teach them about Jesus. And what I want you to know is that you can do it as much as I can do it. It's not about one of the two, but all of us going out and making disciples, all of us sharing what we've learned. You see, when we look at the overall foundations of church, how the early church in Acts functioned, included everyone bringing what they had, everyone bringing what they had to offer. It was about all giving their all. Ephesians 4, 16 says this, it says, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Each of us has a part to play. Each of us has something to bring. And for too long, we've disqualified ourselves. And I, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm as, as bad as probably you are. I was thinking there'll be so, someone else can do it better. But what I want you to know and what I want you to hear today is that you at home, not the person next to you, not the person behind you, not the person in the house next door, you have something to offer the kingdom. And if you're not offering the kingdom, it is missing from the kingdom. You are uniquely created. And only you can bring to the kingdom what you can bring. Nothing disqualifies you from it. Every member has been given. Every member has been given a divine gift to contribute to the growth of all, to the discipleship of all. Every member what can you bring? What will you bring? Don't disqualify yourself because you don't think you're good enough. Because you are. Your revelation of Jesus will be different to my revelation of Jesus. And that's important. Because I don't have the complete picture and neither do you. But together we edify one another. And we, we help each other grow into the likeness of Christ. Everyone has something to bring. One of the things that blessed me most last year and actually helped me grow the most last year was my friend called me, my friend who I've known from for, for over 10 years now. Um, 
And we have helped each other grow in our faith, but actually it was her daughter. She said, I just want you to know that my, my daughter's been praying for you. And, it was, and, and she was praying for me during this, this hard time. I was going through such a hard time last year. And, you know, knowing that her daughter, her very young daughter, you know, I think like four or five years old, was praying for me every night in bedtime prayers, was helping me grow. She was playing her part. She was bringing what she had to offer into the kingdom. Everyone has something to bring. We, um, you must have heard us talk about the book that we're reading as a church together, Scattered Servants. If you don't have a copy and want to read it, please get in contact because it's honestly one of the best books I've ever read. Um, honestly, it's so easy to read. And I think actually it's got a message in it that's very timely for us now as a church. But one of the things I love the most about the book is it's got countless examples of ordinary people doing ordinary things and seeing the kingdom, therefore seeing the kingdom advance, seeing the kingdom come alive. It's incredible. And, you know, as, as you, if you count all the testimonies, they're from like 82-year-olds, from teenagers, from, from young believers, and very few of them are actually from the leaders of that church who wrote the book. Very few from Alan Scott himself. He's just simply recounting these stories of scattered servants doing small things but seeing massive changes. The, I'm sure you know that we are a Baptist church here. Um, and when I first came to this church, I didn't really know what a Baptist church meant. Um, I'm not from a Baptist background. This is the first Baptist church I've ever been a part of, or I think even ever really attended. Since then, it seemed like my, my entire family became Baptist. So my mum and brothers started to go to a Baptist church and my grandparents started to go to a Baptist church. But I knew nothing. Um, and I was actually sent on a... Um, to, to, to help me learn, to um, I, I went on a Baptist history and principles course to understand what it meant to be a Baptist. And if you don't know, honestly, guys, check it out. Baptists were radical, honestly. Um, I want to read you something from the, the BU website, which is why I'm so proud to be part of a Baptist church. It says this, it says, For Baptists, the concept of a family is important. The church is not so much a particular place or a building, but rather a family of believers committed to Christ, to one another, and to the service of God in the world. In this Baptist family, everybody is equal, for everybody has a part to play in the service of God. You know, Baptists really believe that the whole body hears from God. And actually, I think um, we're seeing that in action at the moment because if you've been listening, if you've been hearing what's been put out from us as a church at the moment, similar messages are going out, similar things are being said, and I think God is speaking. I think he's saying something quite clearly, and, and if you, we have the ears to hear, we need to pay attention. You see, two, Sue, two weeks ago, gave testimony about how she came to faith because people around her, her, her friends around her started to come to faith, that their small actions led to her coming to faith. Tina shared testimony of how she went to a job center. Someone gave her a job that led her down the path to find out more about God. I'm summarizing these terribly. Go back and look, 
by the way, you need to go back and listen. They were both incredible preachers. And Mark, just this week, in just saying, I said to I, I caught him um, earlier today. I said, Mark, you stole everything I wanted to say today. But he was essentially saying, what you have been given, share with others. And for me, there is no coincidence that these are coming along the same sort of message, which is that you have something to bring. I think God is speaking to his church and saying, you have something to bring. Will you bring it? You see, the kingdom needs you. It needs you to share what you have been given to disciple others and to be discipled. Nikki Gumbel says this, as with so many, I would say that every major strategic step or decision I've made has been inspired and encouraged not from a pulpit in a crowd of thousands, but rather by someone within arm's reach. There is no doubt that preaching can make a big impact, but we often overestimate the amount of truth that is assimilated between the pulpit and the pew. In my life, truth shared in proximity has been a key to my own personal growth. Isn't it so true? Yes, of course we are changed by words we hear from, from incredible speakers. Of course, I, I've had incredible times in my life. I can, but you know, I can, I can remember one or two sermons that I've heard properly. One or two. And they change me. Yes, they edify me. Yes, but my major breakthroughs, my incredible times of change have happened. They've happened in a place of love in intimacy with someone who knows me. That's where I know that my life has been changed. You see, and I want to say it's because in love, the biggest changes happen. Because when we're secure, when we know that this person loves us, when they know, we know that they're for us and they want the best for us, their words carry, they change us. In love, in the context of love, the biggest changes happen. You know, I have um, been given incredible friends. Incredible. Like, honestly, the friends I've been given in my life are, for me, one of my biggest testimonies of how good God is. And they have been the people that have come alongside me and have spoken into my life and said, hey, things aren't quite right here. Hey, you're not looking like Jesus here. Or, oh, this often happens too. Hey, do you know how amazing you've been doing? Do you know how proud we are of you? That they, they, you know, and it's, it's reciprocal. I say it to them too. I'm like, do you know how exciting it is to see what God's doing in your life? And we call each other on. We edify each other. We disciple one another. We bring each other into the likeness of Christ. It's in the context of love. And, you know, it happens there. And it's meant to happen there because it's secure and it's safe. And it is gentle. You know, I think the reason Timothy learned so much from Paul is because he knew that Paul was for him, not against him. Church was always meant to be done in community. Church was always meant to be done in family. We always have needed one another, and we always will need one another. You know, my revelation of Jesus is going to be different from your revelation of Jesus. But as we put them together, as we understand from each other, we understand far more than we could ever do by ourselves. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another, build each other up, just as in fact you were doing. 
earlier this year, um, right at the beginning of the year, actually, I was having a conversation with someone about getting a little tired of um, Facebook Live services. And I am very aware that I'm saying this to a Facebook Live service. Um, and we were just talking about how, how we were just desperate for church to come back again. And I think that's, that's a very common feeling. But the, and the monotony of just each Sunday turning on church, it just wasn't hitting the spot anymore. And I actually, um, on reflection of this, I wondered actually whether maybe it was because we were all designed to pour out what had been poured into us. And that during this time in lockdown, that our, our, maybe our opportunities to pour out what God is saying to us have become limited, perhaps. Perhaps maybe we've become overstuffed, that we've learned so much about God without being able to pour it out anywhere. And I think maybe as we come out of lockdown, God is asking, all that I've been pouring into you in this season, because he has, there's this, this time, I think it's been a time of preparation, this lockdown and, 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 and having to retreat and having to change things. There's been purpose in it. Ask God what it is if you're not sure. There's been purpose in it. But as church is coming back together, I want to ask you the question, where are you going to pour out what God has been pouring in? I want to ask you to think about what you can bring. We had a meeting this week with, with some, some, some of the church um, and, we, and, and something that came up was what, what church will look like when we come back together. And we so quickly go to talk about rotors, don't we? I'm not quite sure why. When I think of church, I don't think of rotors. Although sometimes when I think of church, I do think of waking up early on a Sunday morning to go and open up. But we think about rotors, but rotors isn't the point of church. The point of church is to come together, to bring what we have and to share with another, one another, to, to bring each other to know Jesus more. And so when I think about the church coming back together, I'm not thinking about rotors, but actually I'm starting to dream about a church that is alive, that every single member is bringing their gifts and bring it to, 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 to the family, to the community and saying, this is what Jesus has been saying to me. This is what Holy Spirit is saying, and I want to bring it. I believe Holy Spirit right now is stirring things in your heart, and I'm talking to you at home, and I want you to hear that you have something to bring. Do not discount yourself from the kingdom because you think you're too young, too old, too, too busy, um, not educated. Whatever your disqualifying factor is, can I tell you it's rubbish? Because everyone, everyone has something to offer and I am excited about coming out of this lockdown as, as, as we kind of roadmap out and, and slowly, tentatively, but surely come out of lockdown. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in our church because I believe Holy Spirit is moving. That we are going to come into a day where every single member comes with purpose, comes with identity, and we will see each other grow into the likeness of Christ. And as we do, people will be added to our number. I wasn't quite aware that I was going to say all of that, but as I said, I, I, I really believe it. I really believe that God is calling us to something more. And the more that he is calling us to is every single person taking their place in the kingdom. Every single person. I read this um, quote from Sean Boltz on um, <laughs> Instagram this week, and it, it, it struck a chord with me, and I want to read it now. It says, we were given the power to rule and reign and do the work of restoration. So why aren't we? 
I want to put that to you. We, you were given the power, the authority to go out into the world and make disciples, to do the work of restoration, to call out life everywhere you go. You were given that authority. You were given that power through Christ. Why aren't you? Because you can. You can. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, now go and make disciples. Go. If you don't know where to start, then I've got a couple of questions that you can ask yourself. It starts by looking back, looking back at your faith journey, your story, and looking at people who've been the pools in your life. Looking at people who currently are the pools in your life. What have they done? How have they shaped you? But it also includes looking around you and saying, who could be your Timothy? Who could be somebody that you could pour into? You have something to offer. You have something to give. Please, please believe it. You know, as a church, we want it. We need it. We need you. Because God is at work in you. I believe it. I know it. And we are going to see it. God is at work in you. Would you bring it? Would you bring it? Would you pour out what he's been pouring in? Would you go and make disciples? Let me pray. Jesus, I want to thank you that the authority on heaven and earth was given to you and the command you gave us, the call you gave us has not changed, to go and make disciples. And I pray right now, as we listen and as we hear from you, would you stir in us, Holy Spirit, stir in us a passion for you that would not be contained, that, you would, that we would seek out people to disciple us, but that we would also not disqualify ourselves from discipling others that you would highlight people in our lives that we should pour into that you would stir in us what you have been saying and that we would become a church known for everyone bringing everything contributing their gifts that every member would be valued and bring something from the youngest to the oldest Jesus, we want to see you glorified in our town and we know that that will only happen when every member takes their place in your kingdom. So right now, Holy Spirit, fill us up. Right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and live in us? Would you pour into us so that we may pour out? Pour into us so that we may pour out. Pour into us so that we may pour out and that we would see your kingdom come here in fleet and we would go out and we would see people baptized in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit for your glory, for your name, Jesus. We choose to believe that you live in us. We choose to believe that you are at work in us. And we choose to partner with you to go and make disciples. In your holy and precious name we pray, Jesus.